Good morning, good afternoon. I'm Bill Connor, and you have reached the Digital Shop Talk Radio. For those of you that are joining us live, we certainly appreciate it. If you'd like to join us live, just go to autovitals.com forward slash radio and you know, fill out the registration. You'll be notified for each week coming. And if you'd like to listen to us later on in your drive time or when you're riding your motorcycle, whatever the case, <laughs> there you go, maybe um, look for us on your favorite uh, podcast platform. And so today I've got Billy Katchen, uh, the general manager of Aram's Auto Repair Center with us here today. Good day, Billy. And Tyler Hubbard, owner of I-70 Auto Service, and of course, the infamous Adam Benzik, Pro Service Automotive, and Uva, the Chief Innovation Officer here at Autobottles. And today we're going to take a deep dive into how the motorist interaction has changed fundamentally since the introduction of the digital shop talk. So today we're going to give you some solid information for what results can be achieved using real-world examples, how to train service advisors to apply the new ways of the digital shop, and how not to throw the baby out with the bathwater. So that being said, you're going to take away a lot of tips from shops just like yours. And Uva, what I'd like to do is give you the opportunity to go ahead and get us started off here, if you wouldn't mind. I do that now that I'm not the infamous guy on the panel. Um, let, let me just start with an observation we had. I don't know whether you guys remember, but we started with episode one of this digital job talk radio and um, coincidence or not, Tyler was on that episode one. And we talked about a very similar It looks like Uva's uh, ducked out from us for just a minute or two, so we'll we'll let him get logged back in, and um, he's off innovating somewhere, so that's great. But what he started to talk about was um, Tyler had actually visited us with on the earliest episode of Digital Shop Talk Radio, and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Tyler, it was right after we come back from the Digital Shop Talk conference? It was. So, yeah, it was my first conference that I had attended. I think it was your guys's second conference, but yeah, it was the first episode of the Shop Talk Radio. So we've lost him again. He's having a little bit of audio trouble, so we'll go ahead and wait to get him back on. But basically, um, the path that he was going on is we had actually discovered that, you know, there was some of the data that we we're gathering that's extremely useful when it comes to predicting the success of a digital shop talk or a digital shop. And, you know, one of the metrics is, the motorist research time. But what we want to do is also go ahead and explore some other fundamentals that everybody has to go ahead and get dialed in on and comfortable with in order to go ahead and, and make all the tools of the digital shop really go ahead and shine. Uber, maybe we got you back again. Yeah, maybe I'm not talking as much. That was just a sign I should shut up. Um, <laughs> So well, I, I, I give it back to you. I don't want to disrupt it any further and try to uh, be cautious. I don't know why I'm getting kicked out. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you're playing on the wrong soccer team. It's the jersey that's doing it. He talked uh, about well. 
But anyways, we had talked about, um, you know, some fundamentals that, that a shop really needs to go ahead and have to be successful in the digital shop world and in, in the marketplace in general. And one of the things was motorist research time. But what we're going to do today is actually go through some of the metrics and how they apply to being successful in the digital shop talk world. So what we want to do is make sure that, you know, we always want to go ahead and increase ARO over time, and we want to do that also while we're not losing track of weekly revenue. So, Uva, what I'm going to do, if that's okay, is I'm going to go ahead and share this screen I have so we can go ahead and maybe highlight, you know, the changes these folks have made over time as far as weekly revenue and ARO, and then we'll talk about some of the things that actually drove those changes in their shop. And so hopefully you're seeing a screen there that has got some metrics on it. I do. Yep. And so all three of these shops have made some really good improvements. So you can see that Aram's, for instance, they started out in, in the auto vitals world in 2017, and they had actually come from a prior digital inspection platform before this. So it's really kind of interesting in their case, they had actually started from doing digital inspections and then actually had some uh, very large increases thereafter. So Uva, if you want to go ahead and see if we can get you in here and kind of take off from there. Actually, I would ask Billy if, if that's possible um, because $915, that's normally a transmission or European or something like that shop average or Billy, can you elaborate how you within all makes or models were able to achieve this increase? Sure. So for us, again, all makes all models. Um, we don't have, we kind of tried to slow the process. We tried to maximize the, the TVP program by kind of reducing the amount of the cars that we we see, but we tried to pattern our success or, or pattern our growth on the fact that we're giving a, a very thorough and complete inspection. Um, part of the other parts of the, that are in that metric are um, that we get pretty good research time from our customers and that, um, and that we're editing a lot of pictures. So it, what it really took was it took the text to kind of understand that we could actually be more profitable and earn more money collectively if we just kind of slowed down and took a grander scope of the customer's vehicle and gave that customer the opportunity to decide what they did and didn't want to do to their car instead of just kind of pushing the things that would be faster turnover, um, quick turnover on the bay. We've, we've kind of slowed that whole process down and allowed the customer to kind of drive what direction they want the care for their car. Um, we were seeing some customers that were coming in um, that had been clients of other shops, maybe shops that had closed, or maybe they felt, I can't tell you how many times we heard this. I feel like I go to this shop and all they want to do is change my oil. In other words, the, the customer kind of recognized that they don't think they were getting treated like their car was worth something to so to speak 
So what we did is by using this program and implementing a good inspection sheet and having a process where the guys were all able to buy in um, to the value of, of this platform, we've been able to just completely grow the business and, uh, and it's in a great spot. Uh, we've had record numbers the last, I think we've set new records for the last five months in a row, and we're in a really good spot to continue that growth. So it's really interesting. One of the things mm -hmm. you said there is the consumer is telling you that there's more to vehicle service or more to vehicle care than just oil changes. So that's pretty yeah. neat to go and hear that from the consumer. Yeah. And I yeah, that's, think a, what I, that's a, that's a great confirmation. <laughs> Sorry, Billy. Um, uh, Bill, could you um, scroll up a little so we see how the staffing changed um, since 2017? Um, scroll down a little bit so we still see the shop names. <clears throat> Perfect. Uh, uh. So, Billy, can you run us through how your decision-making process worked you know, adding a tech, when did it happen? And then you added a, a, a product, ma a, a production manager. Well, we, we actually still are currently at three techs. Um, so we oh, didn't actually okay. add a tech. Um, what happened in there intermittently, we got so busy that I kind of went out into the shop and had to do a couple of oil changes and do some smog diagnosis myself. But I think that's how that got skewed a little bit but we're currently still at three texts. Um, and uh, so we haven't changed anything there. We've just been trying to, to streamline the inspection process and make sure that we touch all the bases and all the corners on that car and just give the consumer the opportunity to make decisions on what they do and don't wanna to do to their car or what they can and can't afford. And if they can't afford it now, we make sure that we utilize the recommendation portion uh, of our um, of our system, and then we also use that your guys's form of the carryover. So, if I don't get a customer to buy in on something today, then we can at least demonstrate to them on the next visit that it's degraded even more. So, so in other words, you increase your weekly revenue from yes. eighteen to almost 30,000 a week with the same staff. Yes. Just by slowing down and implementing a thorough inspection focused process. That's Is that correct. a good summary? That's a good That's summary. Amazing. In this particular month, there was a very large ticket that kind of skewed the numbers a little bit higher. But I think if you took an average over the month, over the year, we're, we're not quite to, to that 29k on an average but i bet it's closer to about 27k but the particular okay. month you're showing here had a one single large ticket but we've been working on that vehicle off and on as a project for months so it's really kind of a reference model for people who want to uh, before they add more staff you know take a step at utilizing the process and, and fine tuning it. Um, Correct. So I, I assume Billy, you would be available on a Facebook forum to be contacted and, and, and ask, uh, you know, how you did that, because to me, this is amazing. And it's textbook, you know, 
keep your existing staff and maximize the output. It's, that, uh, that's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. I would definitely be available. Um, but the biggest thing is we just kind of just, well, I'm the one who runs the, the schedule. So what we were doing is we were allowing for more time in between visits. And then uh, again, by the picture edit rate, I'm, I'm very, very thorough at going through and making sure that if the technician was trying to tell a story with his tablet, that I made sure I put words to that story. Now I understand some shops let their techs edit their own pictures and do whatever. I don't want to do that. It's just a personal thing. I don't want any typos or any uh, misrepresentations to come across. So I slow the process down. There's times where my guys may have just a little bit of dead time while they're waiting for me to sell a job because I am being kind of overly thorough to a, to a, to a fault. But when that job sells at a much higher rate, and then we get, once we're on track and the, the train is on the track, so to speak, the guys love it because they're not having to like run from point A to point B in the shop. We've, it's a more controlled chaos instead of just utter chaos. What I really love about this is in examples that we see over and over like this, where the shop is increasing ARO, weekly revenue, keeping the same staff. I'm looking at that from a, a service writer or a technician standpoint. If I'm a, a, a flag hourly technician, especially, I know that I've got plenty of work to do all the time with the least amount of movement. And as a service advisor, I know I'm not having to write a lot of repair orders for oil changing out the door. So right. it just makes it a lot easier to go ahead and focus on, on the consumer. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was told a long time ago, sometimes you have to slow down to go faster. And th this is kind of one of those situations because I used to run a shop 10 years ago where we did the same kind of numbers, but I was running 10 guys and I was there from six in the morning until six in the evening with no lunch. And I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm 10, 15 years older than that. Now I can't keep that pace up. So <laughs> by slowing down and maximizing the, the, the ticket, we get the same results. Actually better results from where I'm looking. Right. So, did you see it kind of change in the demographic of your customers? You know, 915 AO is, is, a, is a chunk of money. It is. And, uh, and honestly, uh, by slowing down and not being able to take everything that comes in, we're more reliant upon repeat cluster customers. So, I would say probably about 80% of our clientele is either returning customer or word of mouth referral from an existing customer. We don't do any external outside advertising, no radio, no print, no TV, no anything. It's just word of mouth. And then we do have a, a Facebook page um, that's visited sometimes. And then a lot of our stuff is just generated off of our, our reviews. We've got a great uh, Google review uh, rating and, and people are patient enough because of the reviews to go ahead and, and schedule an appointment. And then I just am very thorough with them when they come in and do, do the drop off script. I give them a, an expectation, you know, your car is going to be here for X amount of time. Um, you'll get notifications as it moves through the process. And then you can kind of control 
the clients that you do keep because you're going to find that person that's just looking for the best value and the, and the, and the cheapest price. But by slowing it down like this, we're able actually to control our customer base even better. Well, am I hearing you correctly? Am I hearing you correctly here that you are actually able to go and reduce your marketing spend and repurpose those funds for other things? Yes. Awesome. Digital side effect. Yes. <laughs> cool. Um, maybe we can um, switch gears and, and get Adam um, to, I mean, we, we featured Adam in a, a few episodes ago, uh, the amazing success, um, more than tripling revenue over four years and not needing to even double the staff. So Adam, could you um, summarize again, you know, 18 to 42K weekly revenue is amazing. How did you do that? Our staff, I mean, it's, without a doubt our staff is huge in that and then the process of the digital inspections and editing <clears throat> inspections and creating estimates and such um, all that stuff kind of a culmination uh, I didn't want to interrupt Billy's portion of it but the one thing that kind of stood out to me on his end was the weekly revenue in the arrow when you do a comparison of it um, the arrow is up 66 percent and his weekly revenue is up 61 percent which is both great you know, great increases and such. Um, but actually it probably lost maybe a car or two a week, maybe not lost it, but you know what I mean? Like didn't have to do quite as many cars a week to do the same right. volume of it where he was able to keep the same amount of technicians, potentially the same service advisor staff and this and that, because, you know, the service advisor are already making that phone call um, to a customer if they're a little bit longer phone call, you know, that's great, but they aren't now trying to handle 65 cars instead of 35 cars or whatever it might be. So in reality, you know, he just did a lot more revenue with the same, <laughs> the same car count. And that's what helped make it, I'm assuming where you didn't have to increase that staff size as much. Actually, we reduced the car count. We, when I came on board, we were doing somewhere in the neighborhood of about 135 to 150 cars a month. Mm -hmm. And right now that number's down at about 110 to 115. So we're seeing less cars, just getting more out of them. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's awesome. I mean, ideally, if we could all slow down and have our teams be able to spend more individual attention with the customer, they're going to end up getting a better experience. You know, on our end of it, we did have a huge location change in 2017 to a much more visible location. Um, all of our things that we're doing with inspections and, and all that type of stuff was certainly increasing ARO um, and increasing weekly revenue. And then that location change happened in 2017. So all of a sudden you have this influx of 25 to 30 more cars um, a week. And, you know, our staff didn't grow a ton more. You know, we gained one more technician. Um, we had maybe 
one more person up front than we did before, but all those processes of delegating work and, you know, assigning it and the workflow and, and all that stuff, that's where Auto Vitals evolved um, significantly throughout that time frame to allow for a relatively similar staff size to be able to do so much more. You know, that was the biggest change for us. Thank so, you. Uh, Bill, are you gonna share again? Or... Yes, I am. Thank you. Because I, I want to get Tyler in as well before we move on and, and talk about his story and, and see his numbers. Well, uh, thank you very much. So Tyler has been with us for quite a while, one of the first ones. Um, so it goes back to 2013. Um, Tyler, can you tell us how that happened? 386 to 728. That, that's amazing. I mean, I think, I think similar sentiments to what everybody else has shared here. Um, I think really slowing down the process and, and what I try to communicate to my staff is providing the best service for the customer. You know, and I've heard it said multiple times, you know, put the information out there. Let the customer make the best decision from them. If the budget isn't there because we're all on a budget and we all understand that, then we can at that point in time prioritize repairs. But we want to make sure every time the vehicle comes in, we're giving them a full scope of what's going on. Um, no, I mean, just I'd hate to put brakes on someone's vehicle and then them come back a week later and say, oh, you need a thousand dollars more worth of work. Well, I wouldn't have done this if I would have known that. So we really want to try to communicate every time to our customer, this is the full scope of what's going on. This is, if we need to prioritize things, this is what needs to get done. But we really try to do that every time, you know, and I think Billy's, Billy touched on that and so did Adam. It's just, it's really providing the best service we possibly can for the customer and providing them the best information we can on their vehicle. So, I mean, that's, that's how we've gotten there. And it's just, through that time, you know, since 2013 and joining on, we really just kept modifying and modifying and modifying and, and just making that process as best as we can. Very cool. If I could just piggyback to that, I, I think what we're all, thought, we're not talking about consistency in the process, but it's also got to be consistent to the consumer because that's what makes these, these larger growths possible because the customer then, if, so the analogy or not an analogy, what I would say is that if, if you do your inspections, you do a really good one the first time the car comes in, you've now set that expectation for the customer. If you don't continue to do that for them, you could potentially lose that interest from that customer because they're going to feel like, well, you know, they took care of me really great the first time and then they made this money off of me and now they're not, now they're not looking at my car as much. So I would just caution you that to make sure you make that process consistent so that each visit gives kind of the same level of service to the customer, no matter if the, if the work volume is a little higher density or it's slowed down because otherwise you set yourself up for a little bit of a trap. For sure. Yeah. And so that, there's, um, you know, I just kind of, as you guys are talking, I was thinking about, we didn't, we didn't prep this, so to speak, at, at least to the best of my knowledge, but if we could look at an inspection from our shop in 2015 to now in 2021, a side-by-side -side comparison of 
how many pictures they're being taken, the quality of the picture, the video, the notes, you know, the captions over the picture and so on and so forth, and do a side-by-side -side comparison, you would think it's potentially two different shops, you know, and that's just how much that's evolved. Um, so it might be helpful for some new shops to see something like that to say, gosh, our inspection is really set up nicely. Well, then you compare it to a shop that's been doing it for five, six, seven plus years. And it's like, oh, okay, no, actually I need to be on that level. Like those things are um, irreplaceable. Oh, no doubt. And yeah, I wish we had prepared that because I couldn't agree more. But, but I think it's logical and, and kind of human, right? You know, we came out with a digital inspection and okay, we are now switching from paper to to uh, digital, so it's still an inspection. And so the, the expectations were different. It's like, I don't know, I don't know whether you guys remember, we used to write letters handwritten and before email came about, right? So, so the first thought is, oh yeah, I just write now digitally. Um, nothing else is gonna change. And that is so wrong, right? It, everything has changed, right? And, and and we go through the same thing with the with the with the inspection. Um, well, so, Uber, that's that's really where innovation comes in because as everybody else has started to catch up with what we were originally doing with our digital inspection, then what we've done is use feedback from shops just like we have on a podcast here today to go and learn, you know, what can we do better and then put it in place. So, you know, auto vitals and the shops we work with, we aren't just sitting here accepting the status quo. We're always looking for what can we do better? Yep. Yes. And, and we couldn't have known this, right? I mean, to Adam's point, um, if, if we didn't engage in a constant communication and and have a new product version out, we wouldn't have found out what works and what doesn't, right? And and so huge kudos to um, the Torbo shops who, who helped us um, uh, fine tuning it. But I wanna go back to, we're sitting here um, congratulating you guys, like it was completely easy and there was no hiccup and, and, and the staff embraced it from the very first day. And, and we all know that's not the case. So, so I really like to, you know, slowing down sounds like less money in my pocket as the immediate reaction. How did that discussion go? How did you guys got the team involved and convinced that slowing down is a good thing? And I think it comes down to being, I mean, it's all results driven. Um, right. And that's really what it comes down to, to get buy-in. And every employee here that we have, that I have here is, you know, has some sort of a, a bonus structure. It's all results driven. So how, how do we get to the best result? And the best result is you know, the best product we can put out for the customer. And if we're doing that, then obviously our sales and everything else is going to grow. Um, so it did take some buy-in in the beginning, as far as between the technicians you know, they're spending more time on the inspection. They have to learn this process. But not only that, um, has been with the service advisors and training them to like go through and edit the pictures, just as Billy talked about. I mean, I'm 
overly critical on the pictures too. I want the story to be told, told properly. Um, so you have to get them away from the fact of jobs aren't sold on the phone. They're sold, they're sold through this inspection process. Right. So I think it really comes down to looking at results, understanding that there are going to be some growing pains in this process um, and getting there. But if we can, if we can prove everybody's benefiting, you know, employees, staff, and customers, I think it's, um, you just have to consistently look at that and consistently look at it and show your staff that this is working. Really, in your case, your, your main discovery was right from the beginning. A lot of people have a tendency to focus on, I just need my technicians to do a better inspection. And you're saying is that you got to have involvement from the service advisors, 100% sure, but to get them to work together as a team rather than, you know, just focus so heavily on the techs only. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I know one thing we talked about, me and Uva have talked about before and talked about it way back when is like service advisor efficiency. Like how many tickets can they get through? Um, before this process started and before I really got going on it 100%, I mean, I know myself as a service advisor, I can process way more tickets now than what I used to be able to um, because it takes me off the phone and it, and it lets me put the emphasis back on the vehicle. Um, and I can send this out. And if I have the proper script at drop off and the customer's expectations are correct, then after the inspection is sent out, typically I don't have a whole lot of questions on the callback. It's more of, hey, what's this going to cost? Um, maybe what's, okay, well, if that's the total cost, what's the priority to me? Those are typically the conversations I'm having now. It's not running through, hey, your brakes, you know, basically going through all the information that we used to give over the phone is now given in this inspection process. It used to be, hey, your brakes are at this, your coolant hoses are good, all this stuff's there. I mean, that information is given to the customer so they can digest it on their own time and then call back. And at that point in time, they have the questions that they want to ask or that they, that they need answered. And, and we just move on from there. Yeah. Um, same, same results here. So in our situation, um, once I learned how to utilize the customer research time, I think that made it even a, a I mean, I learned that at a conference two years ago, I think now, and that's what really kind of ticked it up a couple different levels because once I knew that I could kind of tell if my customers had been reading through the reports or not, like you just said, it the, the tickets have gotten bigger, but my time physically talking to each individual customer, I think is actually probably decreased because trying to give them enough information and I've embedded enough links and things into our uh, inspection results that they're doing the homework. And then the, the question is more, well, so I see I've got quite a few things. What's it going to cost? And like you said, you're not physically having to line by line, break everything down on, on maybe half of those calls anymore. You're still, you're still having those calls, but the customers that have seen this process a couple of times, they're hit to the game. They, they know, hey, you've showed me what I need to do. Just tell me what it's going to cost and how long the car is going to be down. Well, what I really like about what you said about having more time to go and use for other things is in today's market to where we've got parts shortages and things like that, it's going to take more time to go ahead and source parts of a, a proper profit margin and availability. So, um, you know, that's just another way to go ahead and, and create that time you wouldn't have otherwise. Mm -hmm. 
So, so let's talk about the process again, right? Let's keep in mind the, the one goal of this podcast is to help shops who just started or started a while ago and are struggling, um, you know, where the culture might still be, you know, we just switched from a paper inspection to digital, no other change needed, right? Um, let's talk about looking at those numbers Bill is now sharing. Um, it, it is interesting to see that the AO and weekly revenue really correlates with increase of inspection rate, increase of inspection center rate, number of pictures and picture edit rate. And, and, and that doesn't happen overnight. So if you could help listeners to how did you set this up for your staff to be embracing um, this change, I think that would be super helpful. Who wants to start? <laughs> I'm never afraid to talk. Um, so in our case, what we did is we just made sure that that when we when we first came on board, we took a generic inspection sheet and kind of started with that. And then we had a shop meeting a couple of weeks after the fact. And I had I just asked the guys, hey, what could what would you change to make this a little more smooth in your your estimation so then we took some notes and then i spent some time after work and created new inspection sheets and then about two weeks later we implemented the new one with just some small changes and most of them were like order of inspection the guys wanted to start at one end of the car kind of go to the other instead of kind of being spread out so once we had that in place waited two more weeks had another shop meeting ask them again, okay, we've done the first step that, that you guys thought would be better. What now would make it even better than that? So for us, we, we took like a three or four attempt process and they just did little tweaks, but I made sure that the techs were involved in that so that they felt like they were gonna have some ownership in it. Then when we got it to kind of where it's at now, then what happened is we maybe had a little bit of, of Every now and then some people get complacent. They're used to doing something a certain way at a certain speed, and then it becomes too comfortable. So what I will do is when I feel like they're not putting in an effort, I'll turn around and take their cell phone number, and I will send the same inspection to them that the customer would get. And I'll just ask him, is this what you really wanted to tell the customer? And so I've given them ownership back. Oh, crud. I I need to do a little bit better. And then each one of them, when that, when I do that to them, I'm not, I'm not picking on them. I'm just showing them what they're asking me to present to the customer when they start to wonder, hey, how come we're not doing as you know, many cars or, or how come you're not selling those jobs? Here's your proof, guys. Because again, the, the details are in that inspection and the, it, what's, they, what's the saying? The picture's worth a thousand words. Give them something to look at. I'll give them a story. You, you've got to give them something to look at, though. So, Billy, when you um, were at the conference, you were talking about editing. Do you follow the processes that there needs to be, you know, certain things on every picture, which would be 
you know, well lit and in focus, you know, something pointing to the area of focus, something to explain what it is, what needs to be done, and the reason why the customer should do it, or you have other things that you want to include? Ours is a little bit different. So what, because I don't want them doing any editing on the pictures, I, I each picture they take, I ask them to take it in the assigned portion of the inspection. And then as long as they've put it in the proper location, whether it be good future or immediate recommendation, because we only use three statuses on ours, then I just ask them to drop notes. And so they drop notes that are hidden from the customer that I can see when I'm editing. So then they'll just say, you know, right from ball joint bag. Well, then typically what we do, our process is if we're trying to demonstrate a movement or a noise, I'll have them shoot a video of it because then it's very much easier. If it's like a water pump that's got a stain at the vent hole or something, they don't have to take a video of that necessarily because the stain's there. So they'll just take the picture and then they'll drop a note, water pump, and then they move on. And then I'll, I have, because of the uh, preemptive uh, verbiage that's in the platform, I don't necessarily have to type out everything what we're looking at. I just got to drop an arrow or a circle and start to type water pump. And then I can pick from a list of, I think the last 20 things that we've talked about. So it really increases the efficiency and the speed of, of me editing those pictures because that predictive text is already there. So when it comes to using video, your thought process is if the customer is at the side of the car, you wouldn't just point to that and say your ball joint's loose. If no. they were at the car, you'd show them the movement. So right. that's the mindset you want them to adopt. Our, our, our mindset is if you're trying to demonstrate a noise or a movement, you're gonna take a video. And even when we're doing like lateral run out on brake rotors, they'll put a dial indicator on it and they'll shoot a video of the, the sweep of the needle. Just makes it so much easier because then I can drop the specs of what we're looking, or, you know, information of what we're looking at and what the maximum specification is. And then I don't have to sell it. It just sold itself. The customer sees that when they know that they're not supposed to have more than 5,000s lateral run out and we're showing them a rotor that's got almost 10 and it's blue, it, it's a slam dunk. I really like that because we all know a customer won't buy what they don't understand. If you supply them everything they need to know to make a good decision, that's why you're getting them phone calls to say, how much and how long? Right. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and I think this question was kind of a, uh, kind of a two-parter for me anyway, of buy-in and everything like that. Um, first part is shop owners, shop, you know, leadership, why is their buy-in? Like there's enough shops out here that are doing well enough with these digital vehicle inspections and workflow programs and everything like that, that if you're not in tune to that, you know, you're just getting behind as a shop. So, so that's the first part is really identifying like, you know, your shop and goals and everything like that, and just getting on board with doing that. Um, and once there's enough confidence within yourself, that then exudes into all of your staff. Um, for the service advisors up front, any service advisor that we've had come here, um, our current service advisor, John, like they're impressed by the program and they know that 
like it helps make their job easier. Those 450 seconds, 413 seconds, or whatever it might be that the motorist is sitting there researching the inspection is all time that a good service advisor would spend explaining what's going on with the vehicle that they don't really have to do as much anymore. Now it's just like a short summary. Um, so for the upfront staff, I think it's a lot easier to get the buy-in for the program because they see the instant you know, satisfaction of, wow, this like helped me sell that job. This made my job easier. For technicians in back, in a lot of ways, there's a lot more steps than they're used to with paper inspections and everything. So the buy-in back there is a lot more difficult. Um, for us at the time of when we went to digital inspections, we were a flat rate shop. And I know there's some shops out there that are not paying their techs flat rate for doing inspection. And I think that that's absolutely wrong. Um, if you want your technicians to buy in some there, you know, there's typically got to be some type of reward or incentive to do so. So give an adequate amount of time uh, for doing the inspection, whether you charge the customer for it or not, you know, you still need to take care of your team. And then that will help with the buy in with them. Um, it can't be, gosh, I have so many th different things and this, this inspection is going to take me an hour to do and you give them two tenths. <laughs> They're going to be out of the program pretty dang quick if you do that if it legitimately takes you 15 20 minutes give them 15 or 20 minutes the return on that investment that you make as a shop will come back tenfold you know after you see the aro increases and the weekly revenue increases like you know some of these shops are seeing so did you discover similar to i did in the shop environment that our return on investment was a lot higher to go ahead and pay our technicians to go ahead and do inspections than it was to gamble on some marketing company maybe finding us a new customer. Yeah, I would say so for sure. Um, I mean, you can look at all of our inspection rates from when we start, started here, anywhere from 20% to 50% to 25%. Um, if this wasn't working, we wouldn't all be 90 or at least close to 90% or more inspection rates. And like for us, our digital inspection started with whenever somebody came in for an oil change, we're going to inspect that vehicle. But if they came in for a check engine light or anything, we weren't doing the inspection. Um, it took maybe a couple of years, two, three years for us to start literally inspecting pretty much every single vehicle. The only ones that we don't see an inspection on is if somebody brings in a loose tire repair that they took off their, their vehicle or a follow-up service where we just did an inspection a week ago or whatever, you know, we're not going to reinspect those ones um, within a really close proximity of the time frame that they came in last, but nonetheless is like we're doing inspections on every vehicle now, um, which then turned into doing estimates for every recommended action that our technicians were putting on the inspection where when we started to go into it, we weren't estimating everything either. And so, you know, you start making this progression and that's what really has changed things from a um, volume of sales and an ARO standpoint. So the way you would sum up where you're at is don't wait two years like Adam to go ahead and start doing inspections. Well, that's, that's a hundred percent. So that's, that's anybody that's watching these shows that have some of the shops that come on it or ever literally like if I could turn back time and have social media accessibility to pretty much anybody that I wanted to access through Facebook by searching their name, I would have been doing it seven or eight years ago. And I've been asking them, you know, how can you help me? Just give me a few tips or anything like that. Would you be willing to spend some time just talking about some of these things to accelerate that process of getting to the point at which we are today? And if we could turn back the clock, I absolutely would. There is so much more um, accessibility to, to good people that would help you 
um, than we had eight, nine, 10 years ago, for sure. So the, the, the time machine for you then would be the digital shop talk forum on Facebook that can go ahead and accomplish just exactly what you asked. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it goes like this <laughs> awesome. it's a forum. It's, it's anything else. Um, I know more about shop owners that are out of state than I ever imagined we probably would 20 years ago when we started the business, you know, we we're off on an Island, you know, on our own, um, just trying to, you know, make things work and build the business and so on and so forth. And, you know, in today's day and age, if you're not using those resources and potentially reaching out to the people that could help you, uh, it's, it's your own loss. Uva, I think we need to hear from Tyler now. How about you? Yes. I just want to, toning back time, hindsight is twenty twenty. Um what I'm hearing, Adam, you say is reach out to your peers who, who've been through it and, and, and learn quicker uh, instead of trying to learn it the hard way. Yeah, it, I would it, say so, for sure. I mean, it's, it's uh, just like we, you know, I kind of mentioned earlier is if you could show a new auto vitals client, here's pro services or Aram's auto or I 70s inspection back in 2014 or 15 or whatever it might be. And here's what they are right now. You know, when you first get these tools um, that auto vitals provides us, it's, there's a lot of setup and there's a lot of time commitments and so on and so forth. And we've re set up our inspections just to revamp it again. If we could save some of that time and know what we should be looking for right away um not only would it save a lot of hours of setup it would also get us you know started on the right ball moving forward um and that you know that side by side comparison if we it, i wish i would have thought about it yesterday when we were talking or whatever but i mean it, it's i no doubt you'd see a huge difference between the way that they appeared at that time and the way they are now and then two is um our staff you know John's been here for over a couple of years now or so, you know, he's getting so much more familiar with the inspections and where to click and, you know, just really smooth with it. Um, and that consistency and that repetition um, is irreplaceable as well. Yeah. If, if I may, before we go to Tyler, I think there's a third element and that is we as consumers, as motorists being inundated with online education, you know, are also changing our expectations. Once we see something on a web page, on the phone, right, and, and, and develop our questions, next time we want to see this again, because it's a, it's a quantum leap compared with the phone calls before, right? And so uh, we embrace that and also give feedback to the shops as motorists you know, what was great and, 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 and what questions I still have, right? So, so it, it, I, we never talked about this. Did you ever feel during the in introduction of the digital inspection that motorists felt this is the wrong way to educate them? I, I doubt that's the case. I, I cannot, did any motorist ever say, I don't need this much information? Not even a little bit. Um, it, it truthfully, when we first really got into this, um, our the the shops in our town, 
Um, we have great shops here and there's a lot of competition, everything like that. But when we first started, we were doing digital inspections for probably three or four years before anybody else was. And I was like, uh-huh. okay, this is great. Like, hopefully they don't catch on to it, you know, soon <laughs> um, because we'll be ahead of the competition and, you know, we'll have it set up correctly and this and that. And it was really nice. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, some other shops, you hear, see that another shop's doing this and oh, they're having great success. So what are they doing? And, you know, pretty soon you find out that, now, hey, they're doing digital inspections. Let's try that. And oh gosh, that worked and it made a difference. Um, so right. I was always like, gosh, it'd be it'd be great. Like, like I was worried that some not as high quality or morally ethically, you know, um, the good shops, you know, the shops like Billy's and Tyler's and and, and a lot of the Autovals customers. Um, those good shops that are doing good quality inspections, they're doing it for the right reasons to educate their customers and so on and so forth and be more transparent. I didn't want other shops to just use it as as like a selling tool and then devalue the inspection. Um, That was my belief four or five years ago. And I would tell you I'm absolutely wrong on that end of it. There is potential that going on there, but now the customers are so conditioned to expect a digital inspection, whether we are the first shop that's ever done one for them or not, they've seen it before um, and they're used to it. And it actually makes it easier for us to then go through our process because now they're not choosing us because we're the only shop that does the digital inspection. They're choosing us for all the other reasons of good reputation and so on and so forth. And the digital inspection inspection is just something that they expect at this point. Yeah, just to awesome. piggyback up that we kind of the same situation you just stated we there are other shops that are doing them but by putting forth that extra effort the the response from the customer is yeah i've seen a couple of these before but nothing like this one exactly just make sure make sure you take the time to make the inspection sheet yours and and just customize it i know that uh the recommendations are there to personalize the photographs and the service advisor in the car those are all great touches because not everybody's doing that. But uh, my recommendation would also be to make sure that you embed links in your in your inspection results. So you're driving the customer to that education without them having to call you and say, well, why would I do this? So it does take extra time, but I promise you it's worth the reward. Thank you. Tyler, last but not least. Um, yeah, all right. Um, I mean, I think Adam and Billy both touched on a lot of stuff. I know for, for me as a shop owner and as a service advisor, one of the most overlooked matrix and, and what I really look at is motorist research time. Um, I know if my motorist research time is high, everybody on the team is doing their job correctly, whether that be the technician, whether that be the service advisor. Um, I know at that point in time, when, when, that research time is above 400 seconds or whatever it might be. Like everybody's doing their job correctly. And I think a lot of times it gets lost in the fact of like, how many pictures do we have? What was our inspection rate? What is all that? Like, what's my motorist research time? Because I, you know, just like loose tires, state inspections, um, you know, on those, I don't do, I don't do inspections obviously on those vehicles. I have some vehicles where it's a fleet account and they have, I have my one main invoice and then they have to break it up into three different invoices, one invoice for a DOT and that stuff. So 
my inspection rate can drop a little bit there. But for me, what it comes down to is motorist research time. Um, and if that's high, everybody in my shop is doing their job correctly. Uh, I'm getting the customer the right information and it's being done consistently if, if my average score is high. Um, and I think that's what it comes down to is really, it's just comes down to consistency. Um, whether that be with the technicians, the service advisors, setting up that conversation. I know that was probably my big aha moment um, to get my motorist research time higher is like having that conversation when the customer drops it off. This is the process, this is how it's gonna work. These are your expectations. And if we can set those correctly with the customer, then it's just, it's a lot easier, a lot easier end goal, so. Uh, I, I love Billy's um, um, way of uh, involving the techs by sending them an inspection results on their cell phone. Do you have a, you know, similar things, how you keep everybody engaged and involved and so, um, do you review the motorist research time in shop meetings or, or how do you keep everybody on track? Yeah, so honestly, I, I with my texts, I had done that years ago and they've all been here for a while. I used to text them information just so they can see it. Um, a lot of times too now, like my lead technician or what, you know, my production manager, Michael, he's got access to the website where he can go through and view all that stuff. Um, and he can see what's being presented. Um, we do talk about it in shop meetings um, when it does drop down. But for me, a lot of times it's, it just really comes down, like I said, I mean, if that number is high, everybody's doing their job right, and we can focus on other things in the shop. Um, Very cool. you, never, you never want to lose sight of it, and you always want to touch on your basics and everything you have in place. Um, but when everything's going smoothly at that point in time, you can you can grow and, and start focusing on other things too. Very cool. Thank you, Tyler. Wow, we do the hour is already over. Dang. We'll have to invite these guys back again for the Yes. The Thank interesting you thing much. was we're at and had talked about leadership. Maybe we need to go ahead and have the next podcast be about leadership. What do you think, Uva? <laughs> yes. So we're going to have uh, Ricky and Dan next week on uh, about the new kind transformational leadership. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, it's it's going to be awesome. But back to this. Thank you, gentlemen. Um, yeah. I learned quite a bit, although I, I, I thought I heard it all by now. Um, <laughs> Thank you very much. And I hope um, shops who are going to find the time to listen to this um, will we'll get a lot out of it. So once again, guys, I'd like to thank you for uh, joining us today and sharing your wisdom for sure. I'd like to invite people to go to Digital Shop Talk Radio and you know, register. So go ahead and attend live so we can go ahead and get your questions in and answer live. And for those of you that prefer to listen to a podcast, um, you know, just search on your favorite uh, podcast platform for the Digital Shop Talk Radio and join us. So um, once again, um, this is a wrap, and I'd like to welcome everybody to um, go home and, um, you know, get with your staff and, and, you know, wow your customers and turn them into raving fans. And also, 
see if you can't find another shop in your area that might be struggling a little bit. Invite them to a, a podcast or a live session and see if we can help the industry. So that being said, um, let's all wrap and um, have a great day and go make some money. Thank you, guys. Yes. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank